Attract high-value relationships when you have a compelling vision to live by. Turn this one up. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Edgy Entrepreneur Podcast, where in this season we're focusing on relationships. And we believe that if you really wanna be an influential leader in your community, in your family, or in your business, you need to master the art of developing your relationships. And so on this episode today, we're gonna talk a lot about visions, all right? But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves. Oriana, I'll let you do the honors first. I am Coach Oriana, I'm a life and personal performance and executive coach. And I am Daniel Tribby. I am a healthcare entrepreneur and a coach for other healthcare entrepreneurs. So let's dive in. Um, this is a this is one of my favorite conversations to have with people, especially business owners, about vision. And I want to make it clear that when we talk about vision, we're talking about not your vision board, right? Not this thing you put on the wall of the car you want, the house you want, the location or the relationship that you want. We're not talking about like pictures. We're not talking about this painting that you have in your mind. While that's a great thing to have, and I'm not putting that down by any means because you want to be able to manifest the things that you desire, right? Um, but what I am talking about is a vision statement for your life, right? Uh -huh. Something that describes your purpose, something that gives you meaning and is an overarching goal or aspiration or desire or change in the world that you really want to see. Most of us have been put here and we don't really know why, right? We just take on a job or we go to school or we um, become a husband or a wife or a business owner and we're just doing this because it felt like the right thing to do. But in order to really, really put your life into a firm purpose, you have to have a reason for it. And that reason is your vision statement or your your, your vision overall, right? right? So how is it that we need to construct this and why is this statement so important? What we're really referring to is specifically how having a compelling vision for your life can actually help propel you into that vision um, on a more direct path, right. which could also mean faster, right? Uh, maybe not always necessarily, but there's a difference between moving towards a specific outcome that is known, that is clear to you, that is desirable to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have a very strong passion and desire for whatever this life vision is. Um, and moving towards that as consistently, meaningfully, quickly, and purposefully as you can versus seeing something kind of sort of out there. It'd be nice to be there. I'd really like that. Not sure if I can make it right. and not sure how I'm going to do it. But that's generally speaking the direction I'm going in, right. right? Like which one of those sounds like you have better odds of actually arriving at? Right. And so I want people to who are listening really think about um, maybe the you, the younger you from five years ago or 10 years ago. And maybe today you're living in the vision that you had for your life mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago. Right. And mm -hmm. how that feels now. Right. Like just like take that into your body for a moment. Right. And just breathe into it. Like if you're in a place where you could be like, oh, wow, like. The life I'm living now is the life I dreamed of five years ago or 10 years ago, right? Versus if you're not having that experience right now, right? If you're like, oh, five or 10 years ago, shit, I didn't even know where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. And I'm still kind of 
in that same place right now. You know, I don't even know how I got to where I got right now. That might be a sign that not only do you not have a clear life vision that's help, gonna help you forge a path, but um, that this is an opportunity for you, right? To really um, wake up to the fact that a vision can help you get to a specific place right. in a much more meaningful way. Right, and I would say too, if you if you had a vision for your life five, ten, five or 10 years ago that you achieved, chances are that vision wasn't big enough. Right. Like if you've gotten to a point where you've you've achieved this thing and it wasn't big enough. Right. Your vision is something that's an ongoing purpose. Right. It's an it's an opportunity to give to the world to create change in the world. So think of think of your vision as the view from the mountaintop. So you're going to climb. You're going to Trevis. You're going to, you know, make your way up this gigantic mountain of meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the top, what will you see? Right. Imagine the view that you have. What have you changed? Have you changed an industry? Have you changed other people's lives for the better? Have you created something that that made a difference in the world? So that is a big thing. It should feel um, almost out of reach. Right. Not like like even if I got to the top of the mountain, I still couldn't touch the clouds. Mm, right. Yeah. I would have the view, but I still couldn't touch them. Like maybe it's a little scary even. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There should be just that moment where you're like, man, this is really big. And it should compel you and propel you to want to continue to strive for it, yeah. right? Because if it's too small and you reach it, you're going to get there and you're going to feel unfulfilled. Like Coach said, it's not just a, a vision board and it's not just the stuff that you want when you get to some place of achievement and defining whatever marker you might be using. Let's say for most people, that's a financial marker, mm -hmm. right? When I'm making this much money and then I'm going to have this lifestyle, most people have a vision, you know, even if it might be a cloudy, a cloudy vision, that's what their vision entails, right. right? The stuff I'm gonna have when I reach these goals. Those are goals, that's the point I'm trying to make here. It, that's not your life vision. The life vision that we're talking about is much, much, uh, there's a, it's a higher order than that, right? It's the yeah. pinnacle. So mm -hmm. what's a life vision and why should people have one? I know that you have these three questions that yeah. you think people should respond to to help them start to formulate their life vision. What are those three questions, Coach? Yeah. In order for you to, to really sit down and think about this and put it together, you first have to know what your passion is. Like, what do I have a passion for? What do I really, if I could do something every single day, what would it be? Like, what is my passion? Two, how can I use that passion in service? What's the change I could see in the world? Okay, so like uh, I'm going to use Vic in, in our, because I have been using him in some of these episodes. So we're going to continue to pick on Vic, our, our producer for the podcast. So if he had a vision to inspire uh, people to change their business habits and he could say, okay, well, how could I do that? And he chose to do that through spreading other people's messages in a really high quality done podcast, mm -hmm. right? So now he has this purpose, right? This is my purpose. So he answered the question, what's my passion? Well, I love the audiovisual side. I love the podcast side. How can I change the world? Well, I can take people's message and put it into a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. So these are really important questions. What's my passion? How would it help me change the world? That's a very compelling vision, right? So you've got there the why, the what, and the how. Right. And so once you once you and what I want to say about the how specifically is that the how obviously is going to involve a lot of uh, micro steps. Right. And a long series of decisions to bring that into fruition. And most people, they want to know the answers to all of those things before they actually start moving on their 
how on their vision, right? And in, uh, I want people to know you don't have to know every single detail right. about everything, about mm -hmm. how you're going to go about doing it. And if you are, you're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel frustrated. You're going to feel like, man, maybe this vision is too big for me. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe it's not worthwhile, right? And you're going to start to activate all of these limiting beliefs in yourself um, about that are that are going to place obstacles essentially in front of yourself, right? Like yeah, the only cha yeah. little challenge in our lives and businesses is it's always going to be you against yourself, right? So when we start to feel resistance toward what we want to accomplish, then your brain will um, put an obstacle in front of you, right. right? And this is essentially you bringing your limiting beliefs into reality instead of you bringing your life vision into reality. Yeah can even use myself as an example too. So my my purpose, right, is to help other people overcome their own limitations, okay? Now, people are like, oh, that's pretty general. I'm like, yes, but what am I good at? And what have I done professionally? So my background is in sports medicine, right? More specifically, rehabilitation for athletes. So I want to help, at once upon a time, I wanted to help these athletes overcome limitations by injury so they can get back to living their purpose, which was to put points on a board, right? Or to stop points from being put on a board, mm -hmm. right? And then you take that further and now I am a, a, a co-partner in a stem cell practice, right? So I want people to get off of pain meds and stop having unnecessary surgeries so they can live a life without pain through natural healing, right? This is what my practice does. And now thirdly, how else am I fulfilling that? Well, I'm helping other healthcare entrepreneurs build practices that have meaning and that treat people in a new way, right? I think traditionally in healthcare, we're kind of, you know, funneled just through like we're the hamsters on a wheel, you know, next, 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 and just push them through a factory versus really creating an experience. So I help other entre uh, healthcare entrepreneurs create experiences in their practice so they can better serve people in need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you hear the passion that I have and the way that I deliver on that because I want the change in the world to be overarchingly a change in healthcare. And that's a huge goal. Like I, well, I'm one person taking on an entire country's healthcare changes. Like that's big. You know, am I going to change the entire system? Maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, I will leave the planet with a purpose. And that purpose was knowing that I contributed to the change of a shitty system. I gave you guys my business divisions and how that fulfills my purpose, right? And I want to be really clear here is that purpose, success, and happiness are not intertwined. They are not, okay? Happiness is an emotion. It changes from day to day, okay? If you lost a really good friend or a spouse or a, or a family member, they, they passed away, chances are you're not going to be happy that day. Okay, so happiness is an emotion, okay, versus success, right, which basically means I did something really good and I was really good at something and I'm successful at it, but it doesn't always equal happiness. How many rich people you know that are fucking miserable? A ton, right? And then meaning, a purpose, right? That's what creates drive on a daily basis, right? right? I have purpose and I have meaning. And when you have that, you can now take your overarching vision and you can create business and relationship visions, right? You know, the entire purpose of having a, a life vision, right? We talked, it's, it's, we're talking about it like it's this Northern star, mm -hmm. right? Of, of, uh, in terms of the guidance and the clarity that it gives you. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why that is, but the purpose of utilizing a life vision to help you get to where you want to go and to really connect to what your life purpose is and what you were born to be doing here on this planet is um, to live in, in an integrated manner, 
right? So that you don't have different parts of your life that are disconnected with it. When that happens, you're disconnected from within. And so we could write disconnect on the outside, right? But when you have a life vision, then from there you can stem into a business vision that is complementary and integrated with your life vision. And then you can also create relationship visions or vision, particularly with your life partner, um, that is integrated with your life vision, right? And so you know that, for example, with a relationship vision, um, anyone and everyone that you attract into your life is going to be someone that you that could potentially complement your life vision, right? It's it's being able to bring people into the fold that are walking in the same direction, right? Versus people that are going in an opposite direction and are going to pull you back or pull you down away from the direction that you're going in. Mm-hmm. So these different types of visions for these different areas of your life, while they're all integrated, they also serve to give you clarity, right? right about what you let in and what you don't let in, right? This is going to help you to filter your decisions because um, as you formulate these visions for these different aspects of your life, you're also like you're doing that in alignment with your value system. Right. So if you have a vision for your life that's aligned with your value system, you have a vision for your relationships and your business in, in alignment with your value system, you're living and walking life. in a very specific way in a very specific direction. Right. And so when stuff shows up that's not aligned with that, you can tell right away. That's why we say it operates as a filter for you, because when it's not aligned, it's clear. And when it is aligned, it is also very clear. Congruence, right, is essentially what we're talking about is am I congruent in my life relationships and my business? Do I have that quote unquote balance? Um, of, of those things. And it, it's, this is what it looks like if you don't. So let's say, you know, oh, my, my, um, my life vision is to um, eliminate the excess cruelty that we see in animals, right? Mm-hmm. But then, and from a business standpoint, you invest in slaughterhouses, and then you end up in a relationship with somebody who eats meat for every meal. Right. So <laughs> you, that's not a congruent thing. You're not aligning throughout. So you, you feel scattered. You don't feel meaningful because you're not actually exuding that purpose. and You're not living in that value. Right. Versus, OK, well, I have a desire to change or eliminate cruelty to animals. Therefore, I don't eat meat. Okay, and this is not, and I'm not pushing veganism on anybody. I am not a vegan. I'm just going to put that out there. Neither I'm just am using I. It this is it's just an, an example. example. <laughs> All right, so cruelty for animals, which means I'm a vegan, which means I have a relationship with somebody who maybe runs a nonprofit for animals, right, or for saving horses or whatever it may be, right? So now I have this nice triad of congruence in my life, and everything, every part of my life has congruent meaning and purpose because mm. it's all aligned feels good right it feels good to live in congruence it feels good to live in alignment it's not easy that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that it feels good once you're in it because you work for it exactly you work for it because living in congruence and living in alignment with a value system that calls you into a higher order of action and behavior on a consistent basis isn't easy right you're going to you're going to have to say no to opportunities and people that don't that that include an opportunity cost that isn't aligned with your value system right. and it might be hard to say that to give that no right it might be hard to say i'm sorry but uh, that's not aligned with my values or it's not something that i would consider you know but once you do it and you start to really flex that muscle it does become easier over time people start to get to know what you're about so they don't even bring you these 
opportunities or questions or things like that that they know that you're going to reject, right? Because they're familiar with how you operate in your value system. This is when you're consistently public about the way that you operate, right? right. People around you start to learn you and be like, oh, Coach Oriana, she's, she's not going to go for that, right? right. So that's, those things start to happen, meaning the people in your relationships get to know you better. And then in addition to that, you start to show up with more consistency in your relationships, in your decision making, um, and with the way that you treat yourself and others. It totally changes what you attract too, right? So, so let's, let's think um, you run a business and you want to hire new people. You're growing. You need to put people on your staff and in your teams. And you're going through your hiring process. And because good candidates have taken the time to read your website and really understand the vision of the company and you ask them the question why do you want to come work here and somebody says to you because the vision you guys have for an a company aligns with myself and my vision and and my purpose for life do you know how hard that person's going to work for you because they've bought into it right you don't have to hire people just because they have experience in the field right you can teach people skills Right. But you can't teach people their own values. You can't teach people their own personalities. So when I interview people for for my practice, we put who they are above what they can do. So if you come to me and you say something like, hey, you know, I really want to work here because I'm aligned with the values and the purpose that you guys are doing. I'm, now you have my attention versus, oh, well, the benefits are really good. And I've been in this field for 10 years and it just seems like a good place to work. You're boring it out. Yeah. OK, so think about that vision and that purpose, and now you use it to hire candidates for your business, these people are bought into what you're doing, right? Like they buy in that bullshit you selling, like for real, <laughs> let's go. Let's, you know what I mean? Like these are people that you want working with you. When you have a vision, you can show up powerfully in that conviction, um, and that means publicly and privately in every aspect of your life, right? And then that's when the attraction comes in, right? People start to go, oh, I'm, I'm feeling that. Oh, that guy understands me. That company, I think I could get along well there, right? Like right. they're about what I'm about. And you start to attract those types of people who are values aligned and they mm -hmm. will work their tail off for you, right? But you have to start architecting your life in this way, right? When I start talking about being the architect, being the creator of your life, being a powerful creator, this is literally what these things mean, right? You're stepping into a meaningful, uh, outspoken persona that has um, that's values driven for who you are. And mm -hmm. when you do that publicly, people are going to either be attracted to you or repelled by you. And rightfully so, because anybody who's not about what you're about, you want them to be repelled. Exactly. Right. And anybody who is about what you're about, you want them to be attracted. Right. So this is uh, one of the things that, that you said earlier that really um, resonated with me so deeply because it goes along the lines with architecting your life, right? Is that having a life vision allows you to invite the proper characters into your story. That is my most favorite definition of marketing, by the way. Yeah. And that's, I learned that from Dean Graziosi and he said, um, the best definition of marketing is attracting what you want and repelling what you don't. And that to me was, was beautiful because you don't want to just attract anyone and everyone. You want to attract specifically who and what it is that you want in your life and in your circle and, and more directly what you said into your story, right? Everything should be a story. Like we as, as human beings desire to close a story loop, 
What you need is, is a great story, and this is what your vision does for you. Your vision is your title of your life, essentially, right? And then you get to create your story inside of it to include how you want your relationships to be, how you want your business to be. Right. And this is this is a beautiful thing to invite the right characters in your story. Right. Yeah. So right along those lines, what are some of the things that happen when uh, you don't have a life vision? When a person is either doesn't have one because they don't realize they even need one or that it would be helpful to them to have or um, they just haven't they haven't uh, recognized that it would be something that would be helpful for them. Like what are some of the things that you've seen that happen in a person's life when they're lacking vision? They attract the wrong people all the time, then they blame those people, right? You hear these people all the time like, oh, we just can't find the right people to hire, or I just can't get in the right relationship. No, it's because you haven't identified what it is that you will stand for and not stand for, and that's the problem, it's you, right? The center of everything is not, you can't find the right person, the center of everything is you aren't the right person. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and that's the thing. We, you and I hear this all the time, right? Like, oh, when I have the thing, then I'll be somebody. No, you have to be the somebody first in order to have the thing, right? So I think that's the the biggest one. I know in from a relationship standpoint, having relationship vision, that's super important. So talk a little bit about that relationship vision. And people are like, oh, I just wish I could find a good spouse or a good person to date or where are all the good men they're either gay or married like what is <laughs> so why does that happen and how can a relationship vision help avoid that there's two types of relationship vision one is the vision that you have as a single person for the relationship that you desire right we just call it the relationship of your dreams um, and then the other one is a, is a joint vision for your relationship that you would have once you are already in a relationship with somebody that you know is long-term and exclusive and you each have a desire to go somewhere, right? So, um, you know, part of, the, part of what happens mostly for people who don't have a vision is that you're lacking clarity. So you don't really know what you want. So you end up, uh, I'm going to say it, you end up wasting time. Yeah. You end up wasting time um, dating a bunch of people, going going on dates and dating people and spending what is your precious, limited quality time and energy in the dating playing field and wasting it on people who are not values aligned. And then you recognize not until you're physically on the date or until you're already spent that money, uh, until you are maybe one month in, three months in, six months in, the, there's some critical breakdowns that are happening in the relationship or there's critical misalignments on things that matter. And that's because you weren't clear on what you wanted to begin with, which is you didn't have that vision. So you didn't have clarity on what you wanted. So when you showed up on the date, you didn't show up like, here's what I'm looking for, right? You showed up like, what are you looking for? And I wonder if I could be that thing for you. And when you show up like that, not only is it very disempowering, especially as a woman, um, because you're like trying to shape shift and f mold yourself into what this person is looking for, mm -hmm. right? Which means you're not being you, you're being your representative. Um, so that's why it's disempowering. You are also um, taking yourself out of your personal power because you're allowing that person to dictate the terms of the relationship, right? So, you know, that it's when you have a relationship vision as a single person, that's going to allow you to do something that's very, very important, which is eliminate people from your dating potentials um, list as quickly as possible. And that's what you need to be doing, especially if you're in your 30s, if you've never been married, if you have plans that you want to have a family, things like that. Mm -hmm. You cannot be wasting months and years dating the wrong people. 
problem there is that you value you value the affection and the connection of the relationship more than you value your own values. Ooh, hundred uh, percent. I so, can't say it any better than th- that. And that's the thing. Like as soon as you, there's a, such a thing as as having independence and interdependence. Okay, so independence does not mean that I don't need nobody. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm, I'm sick of hearing that. I'm independent. I don't need nobody. I take care of this, my own house, my own car, my own, but that's not what I'm talking about. Independence means I rely on me for my success, for my fulfillment and for my happiness. I rely on me for that. It's self-reliance. Yes. And I would like to have somebody else who also can do that. Who's not reliant on their money, their job, their status, or their relationships to identify who they are. They have already identified who they are and because they know who they are and what makes them happy and they know their purpose. And I know my purpose and what makes me happy. We can have interdependence together. And I am driven to give to you because relationships are about giving, not getting, right? We say this every week on this podcast. I can give to you to help you with your vision. You can give to me to help me with my vision. And we get to together build a vision of the things that we want for our relationship. Takes me to the place, great segue into the relationship vision once you're already a couple. Mm -hmm. You know, once you're coupled up, assuming that you had that vision as a single person, right? And that you found someone as a single person that is aligned with your vision that you created, right? So this person meets your vision for the partner that you've always wanted, your dream partner, right? If that's true, then they have a life vision for themselves as a single person that aligns with who you are and vice versa, right? So now you come together and you combine your visions right? And so you create one joint vision for the relationship, right? If you've heard this expression, that's like if a ship or or an airplane is off by even one nautical mile, right? When it gets to its destination or when it gets, once it arrives, it will be at a completely different destination, Yeah. right? That is how relationships are, right? If you and your partner are off, and this could be a business partner, this could be your romantic partner. If you're off, by even one nautical mile in your relationship, you are both going to end up in two different destinations. It's true. Right? You're going to end up somewhere at some point in time in your relationship going, I really want kids. What about you? Oh, no, wait a minute. I don't, you want kids? I don't want kids. I never said that I, oh, I just assumed, right? Like you're going to, you're going to start crashing mm-hmm. <laughs> into these really, really difficult things in within the relationship context, right? Like the way you manage money, totally different. The, the lifestyle that each of you want, totally different. The life purpose that you want to serve as into as a couple, two totally different things, right? Your vision for how to have a family and how to raise it. Your vision for spiritual connectedness and groundedness, particularly for child rearing is very important. Right. right. And when you start to have these disconnects in these fundamental aspects, um, which are all values based in a romantic relationship, um, you're really setting yourself up for some some catastrophe and conflict in there. Getting married and having kids is not a lot of life vision or relationship vision. Right. It's it's part of what you might desire, but it's not your if your vision is to get married and have kids. You got a weak vision. Okay, like if your vision is is something to do with with love and care and character and for you having a good solid marriage with children involved satisfies that vision, that's a different story, right? Okay, so our vision needs to be compelling. Remember, it needs to be something that that is a desired change we see in the world, 
And then who can we take with us? Like, how do we create that? And, and who can, can go with us on that, on that journey? And you want to make sure that those people complement your vision and that your vision's in, like you said, in alignment, right? So from, from anything and everything in your relationship, right? Yeah. Where do you want to go? Where do I want to go? Is there a way that we can go there together? Cool. Great. Then let's do it. And these are conversations you should be having before you really go all in with someone. You know, it's very difficult to separate, you know, breakups are always going to be difficult and divorces are always difficult, but you know, um, going through those experiences after you realize that you were so far out of alignment over these really basic fundamental relationship things that you could have easily cleared up while you were dating and mm -hmm. that you wasted so much time, um, that's really so much harder, right? It just adds insult to injury. Right. You know, you gotta be doing your due diligence. You've gotta be able to become the person that you want in the relationship, right? And when you have this vision for your relationship, particularly as a single person, and you get very clear on what you're looking for, then it's like, wait a minute, am I a match to that, right? Am I a match to a man who offers this? Am yeah. I a match to a woman who offers this, right? Yeah. And if you're not a match to that, then that's not gonna be what you're attracting. And you're gonna find yourself in these cycles and patterns, right? Like the same type of person in a different body keeps showing up, or you keep having the same type of conflicts over and over again in all of these different relationships. And that is an opportunity for you to take pause and really observe what is this pattern that continues to show up and why? Why do I keep ending up in this cycle, right? Yeah. What is this? Like that is an opportunity to Take very, very seriously if you're seeing repeating patterns and cycles in your relationships, the same relationship breakdown over and over again. There's something within you that needs healing. And if you're looking at relationship patterns and cycles and going, it's them, I keep attracting the wrong people, <laughs> right? I, that, that's, that is a disconnect within yourself. Right. You know, that you're refusing to look at something that's really, really important, right? When people will say, I'm looking for this type of partner, but I keep attracting this type of partner. And I say, well, what do you do when you attract that person that you say you don't want? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I still go out with them. Okay. Um, help me understand. <laughs> what? You must want that then. Right. You, you, you're, you're telling me you don't want that thing, but when you want that, when you, when you get that thing, you say yes to it. So you don't actually want this other thing because your behaviors don't show that. Yep. And the way that you spend your time and resources and energy don't show that. Don't tell me you want partners that are going to show up commitment oriented. And then when you show up, uh, when you, when you meet people who only want casual relationships, you engage with them that those two things don't align, they don't make sense, right? Just acknowledge that either you don't want commitment, you're afraid of commitment, and then recognize that there's something in you that needs healing. Yeah, you mentioned something really, really concrete. You said the word, um, do I want what they're offering, right? Yeah. And I think that's really important. A lot of people have this idea that I need to look and see what I can get from that person. And that's a problem. If you're looking at their offerings as, oh, that's what I can get from them versus this is what they're offering, this is what I'm offering, these feel like really good offers together. That's what you really need to be looking at. And people always will, will come to me and just say, oh, why can't I find this type of person? Where are they all at? And my answer is always, well, they're looking probably for the same type of person. Are you that person? And they stop and go, what? what? <laughs> I'm like, what you're looking for, right? So let's take, you know, um, 
if you're looking for, like, I have a lot of women say, you know, I want a masculine man that like knows how to get shit done, you know, maybe it's a little rough around the edges too. Like he's not afraid to bust somebody in the mouth, but then I want him to be like gentle and be able to be in touch with their emotions too. And I'm like, okay, so you want both sides of the spectrum and where they intersect, we call that a rare bird. So rare birds only attract what? other rare birds ah so are you the rare bird that Mm. is going to attract that rare bird and they always stop and go oh shit i'm like exactly because you want the thing but you're not the thing and you can't attract it right it doesn't the only thing corn can make is more corn (laughs) right corn's not going to blossom and create tomatoes it doesn't work like that all right corn can only make more corn so if you want a tomato you got to be a tomato right you have to change i know i'm using vegetables to to be comical but it's it's real if you want that thing then you also have to be that thing if you want to get that you got to be able to give that relationships are about the giving first what is my offer and will people want my offer you know that people who are like i'm a good person with a lot to give but you only give it if you get it we call that whoring right i might not be exchanging money but you're waiting for me to exchange a feeling to you so you can give me one in return quit doing that shit within the context of romantic relationships, you know, when we say you have to be that thing, right? Well, I I just want to go one level deeper Mm -hmm. because I don't want, I don't want a person, a woman to hear, oh, if I want to, if I want to attract a masculine man, then I have to become the thing, uh, what a masculine man is. The context of a romantic relationship, you must become a complementary match to the thing. Masculine women do not attract masculine men, period. Yeah, it's true. Thank you for clearing that up too, by the way. Yeah. Masculine men are attracted to feminine women, always. Always. It doesn't work any other way. Masculine women attract feminine men. If you want to attract more mas- a more masculine man as a woman and you find that you are not attracting masculine men, then you are showing up masculine in some way. I'm not saying that in any way that is meant to be offensive or derogatory, right? But there's something in your energy, there's something in the way that you're presenting yourself, there's something in your communication style that is off-putting to the masculine male. And so he's not attracted to pursuing you. If that's the case, then it's time to look at your behavior as a woman and the way that you're showing up energetically and emotionally and things like that. Are you showing up as feminine as is possible for you in order to be able to attract a masculine man, right? Again, you must become a complementary match to the thing that you want, right? right? If you, you know, in most cases with romantic partnerships, if you want to attract a person who is commitment-oriented, right? Then you must be commitment oriented, right? So you see there, right? You must be the thing, right? You must be the exact same thing, right? But I want to also mention like there's certain aspects of romantic relationships where you have to not just, you don't not necessarily going to be the thing, but you're going to be a complimentary match to the thing. Right. What happens is that people are thinking or looking and going like, well, what do you bring to the table? I bring to the table this, you bring to the table that, right? And then when the relationship doesn't work out, then there's this sense of like rejection for what right. I bring into the relationship. Well, I got rejected, right? And all that, the heartbreak associated with the stories people tell themselves about being rejected, 
right? When really what it is 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 that you didn't come forward with a complimentary match and that's okay. That's something you want to figure out as early as possible, right? You don't need or want to waste time or God forbid get into a marriage and then realize, oh, we're not a match. Right. Right. This is stuff you got to figure out early on. So when you do have this life vision for yourself, right, you have more meaning and direction in your life. Yeah, and it's an important thing, right? I mean, nobody wants to go on a road trip and have no idea where the hell they're going, right? Like, Coach, let's go on a trip. Where are we going to go? Uh, I don't know. Let's just get in the car and drive. How, how, far, how long are we going to do that? I don't know until we get tired. That sounds like not a good time. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know where we're going. Like, you know, are we going to the beach? Are we going to go to the mountains? Are we going to go cut? Like, what are we doing? And where are we going? How long is it take us to get there? Right? Are we flying? Are we driving? Are we taking a boat? You know, are we going to steal our producer's van and drive it? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, so it is, if you have trajectory, you have a map, you have this um, idea, this GPS of why you want to go somewhere, okay? who you want to go there with, what you're going to do, and how you're going to do it, that's a beautiful life. That's a beautiful setup to have a beautiful life, I should say. Yeah. Right? You're, you're teeing it up really, really nicely. Yeah. Right? To know exactly what it is that you want and what you will and won't stand for. When you have aligned values and aligned actions, then you can get an aligned outcome, right? I love the analogy of, of uh, shooting a bow and arrow, right? You have to align it toward the target. Otherwise, again, you, you'll miss the target if you're off, even by a small margin, you know, it matters, which means you'll attract people who aren't necessarily going in that same direction with you. You'll end up taking on opportunities and spending time, energy, resources, and everything in ways that are not aligned with your life vision, right? Exactly. You want to be as clear as you possibly can. That doesn't mean that your life vision is going to become so rigid that it never changes right. and that it has no flexibility. It, it, it would and it should always be changing as things evolve because the, the higher likelihood, right, is that things are actually going to turn out better than you expect. Right. Right. If you have a really targeted, clear life vision, you know, and so as things turn out even better than you thought that they would, then you can continue to evolve your life vision, make it even bigger, make it even more meaningful in all of the different ways. Right. Yeah. There's a, uh, a, a book that just released by Don Miller. Um, and I, I love Don Miller. He's got some really great uh, business marketing books and story brand is one of them. Um, and he's got another business made simple, but he just released one a few days ago called Hero on a Mission. And he talks in that book specifically about what you just said is when you have a trajectory and a direction and a vision of the thing you want to create in your life, it is very easy to say no. And I heard him say this the other day. I got a chance. I took a business course the other day and I, he was, uh, did a, like a two hour segment of it. And he actually said, it's very, very easy for me to turn down things like TV appearances or radio shows or other things that aren't serving the purpose. It's really easy to get distracted by all this stuff, he said, but it's not my purpose. Mm -hmm. My purpose is to do X, Y, Z. And so once you know that, once you have that purpose and that vision, it's, you, you again, a filter. You, nope, that's yeah. not right. Nope, it's not where I want to go. So when we think about how the experience shows up when you don't have a life vision, right, one of the primary things is that you're drifting. 
you end up drifting through life, yeah. right? Something we've talked about before too. You know, you drift, it's like what I call drifting, it's like anything can blow you. You get blown around in the wind with the breeze, right? Like when you go outside and it's windy and all the leaves are scattering left and right and up and down, right? Like that's you. <laughs> I call it the uh, the Forrest Gump feather approach, yeah. or some people call it driftwood syndrome where you're just floating down the stream and whatever comes your way, comes your way. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just go with the flow. Um, it's not helping you. A lot of my a lot of my spiritual people are like this, and I, I I think that spirituality is a huge portion of being a business owner, right? Um, if and you can find spirituality in a religion, you can find it in music, you can find spirituality in a lot of different places, nature, right? You can find spirituality in a lot of different places, but when you use spirituality to justify your inability to make a decision, right? Well, if, if God if it's meant to be, God will make it happen. Oh Lord. Jesus, I love you. I believe in you. I was raised a Christian, but he doesn't just provide for you because you want it. He provides for you because he provides more of an opportunity for you to have it, mm-hmm. right? He's not just going to hand you the thing that you want. He's going to hand you an opportunity to go and get the thing that you want, right? Whether that's a relationship or a business or an opportunity to make more money, whatever it is. So the, those people who use that spirituality, well, if it's meant to be, it'll just magically happen. No, it doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. And even the so-called law of attraction doesn't work like that. You know, I think people end up also um, finding meaning in the wrong things. You know, when you don't have a life vision of your own, you know, this world is happy to give you a vision, you know, and give you meaning. And it's going to be some bullshit, but, uh, you know, it might be drugs, it might be alcohol, it might be sex, it might be addictions, it might be material things, right? It might be relationships with other people, right? Like this belief that other people will bring me meaning, right? When I get into a relationship, I'll have meaning in my life. I'll have people to do things for. When I have a child. I won't be lonely. When I Right. Like they're using people to fill in these fundamental personal gaps that no other person could fill but yourself, you know? And so these are some of the some of the reasons that people end up in these situations, right? You're looking for meaning in all the wrong places. The one place that you should be looking for meaning, which is within yourself, you're not uh, you're not doing. You know, you're not looking there. You're not willing to yeah. look there. Yeah, I would say anybody who's if if you've ever wanted something and got it, and then it felt lackluster to you, it's because you're trying to fill holes with external circumstances rather than internal changes, right? So if you tell me you're lonely, I bet you as soon as you get in a relationship, you're still going to feel lonely and you're not going to understand why, Yeah. right? If you think that money is going to solve your problems, as soon as you have some, you're still going to feel empty, right? If you think it's that car, that house, that trip, that vacation, you may get that temporary feeling of satisfaction, but in the long run, no external force is going to heal internal wounds. Mm. So until you learn how to be at home with yourself, right? If you can't stand in the mirror and look at yourself and count down from 10 backwards, if you can't make it from 10 to zero and love what you see, you need some, you need to make some changes. The idea of, of people creating um, resolutions or goals for the year, and they usually include uh, professional goals or material goals or relationship goals, right? I'm going to meet somebody this year. I'm going to have a kid this year. I'm going to get the job of my dreams this year. But what they don't include are self-growth goals, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Who do I need to be? Who do I want to become this year? 
right? What do I want to change about myself this year? Do I want more confidence this year? Am I going to become, you know, a, a better lover this year? Am I going to become a better parent this year, right? Because again, we, we've said this multiple times, you don't get to have the thing until you become the person. So we talked about observing those cycles and patterns to see what comes up for you, right? Take a moment to do that and journal on it, you know? Um, and then the other recommendation I would say is, you know, hire a, hire a therapist um, or a coach and somebody that can mentor you through these experiences and really help you move through some of the stuff that you might be experiencing, especially the cycles and patterns, because those become um, usually embedded in people's minds as something that is very frustrating. And because it's repetitive, you know what happens when with repetition, right? Your brain starts to become convinced in its belief system that this is how things are and that there is no other way to manifest or create something different. You actually end up creating neural um, pathways that support the the broken patterns that you're already in. And, in, and then a coach or, or somebody like that can help you break that bad pattern Correct. and create new ones. For those of you who think, well, I can recognize my own shit and do it myself, I promise you, you can't. Not this. Okay, you'll fall right back into the same patterns because you haven't done enough to jar the system, to jar the nervous system, to realize the pattern is not serving you and create a new one and put it in place and really lock it in. Well, if you haven't already joined our Facebook community, please go ahead and text the word edgy, E-D-G-Y, to 33777 and you'll get a link to the Facebook community so that you can join. We'd love to have you. Um, in that group, you can interact with us and we go live and uh, do lots of fun events in the, inside the group. And I hope you guys have been convinced via this recording to create visions for yourself. Find out what that passion is, what that purpose is, and then start aligning your relationships and your business ventures and all those things with that. It will serve you greatly as you move through your days, months, and years. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. See you next time.